Are you ready to become toxic person proof? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. Hello, wonderful. It is Sarah and I'm here with Vicki Haddock and she is a transformational coach for women. Hey Vicki, how are you? Hi, Sarah. I am doing great today and I'm really excited to be here with you and getting the chance to talk about our, our favorite topics. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because we're talking trauma today. Right. And it's, that's like such coach language, right? Because when it's like, oh yeah, let's talk trauma. I was actually in the, the Mrs. Tennessee uh, for America pageant, um, kind of a, I've never done a beauty pageant before, but I did it as an adult to like push past fear and all that kind of stuff. And they were talking about makeup and eyelashes and all this stuff. And I was like, man, I'm used to talking about really traumatic subjects. I almost didn't know how to small talk anymore. The fluff stuff. Sometimes it's nice to talk fluff too. It is nice, so I don't usually. It was almost, it was a, it was a good practice. I was like, makeup. How fun for you to be in that pageant. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, well, I was already in it. And it was really, you know, people were like, oh, that's so great. And I was like, but really it was scary, right? To do your first beauty pageant after two nine pound babies. It's like in a swimsuit competition in the middle of COVID. Like it was out of my comfort zone for sure. But I was I'm always pushing women out of their comfort zones. And so it was a transformational thing for me too, to lead by example. So what was the fear in there underneath it? Like if you could say like, what was it? Was it the fear of being seen or heard or? Um, the fear of the shoes. <laughs> oh, like really? And the, the, the heels were so tall. And I thought, um, I wasn't nervous about the interview. I wasn't nervous. Like I just don't, like other people have had practice walking or had practice more with their posture. I had practice since these things that it's, it, um, it, things were not habits for me that were habits for other people. So I was having to think them out, uh, in a way that was different than yeah. my normal life, which I get to do the things I'm good at all the time versus things I'm not good at. So it's a good practice for me. It was good. Yeah. Well, and stretching you out of your comfort zone, what did you take away from that? Uh, it reminded me of what I do when I am, my back's against the wall. Yeah. Right. And when I feel uncomfortable, um, and I asked for help, I was aware of what happened, right. It's like, those shoes are dang big. Like they're like maybe like six or seven inch heels. Like they're really scary, little tiny, you know? And it was like, okay, I have to walk slowly. What if I fall, you know? And it was like, I recognize there's a problem. I went and turned the problem into problem solving mode rather than turning it against me. You're so stupid. You used all your coach skills. I used all my coach skills. Problem. And and it was great. Every aspect. It is. And it was great reminder. No, this is really what you do. Right. So I I had to go, I had to start problem solving and get help, not turn it against myself. You know, uh, but like a win. It was, it was, I didn't win, but I mean, finalist. So I mean, it was good. Yeah. Was Congratulations. Great. Yeah. It was great. It was great. Um, so as we talk about trauma, right. And the self-talk and learning, you know, and you already used one of the F words, right. Fear. <laughs> when you yeah. asked me that question, which is very much on purpose. So tell us a little bit about what you do, who you are and the five F's. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a transformational women's coach and I specialize in helping women become unsilenced and awaken to the greatest potential that they already have inside of them. They just haven't been connected to it. And there's so many ways that we've been silenced and conditioned in our lives as women that, and that is the emotional trauma is much of that, not to mention the old archaic things our society conditions us to do and be as women. But specifically, I think today we're talking about emotional trauma. And I define emotional trauma as anything from your mom forgetting to pick you up at a school event and you're standing there on the sidewalk wondering like, oh, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. To you know, those more intense experiences that we have with emotional trauma that leave really lasting impacts on our life. So I find that women at all levels, they're, they're working to either get out of a toxic relationship or they've been out of one and they are working to bring some dream into their life, but they keep snapping back to this baseline of unhealthy something. And that's where, you know, our emotional traumas will keep us snapping back to that baseline until we, till we heal and and resolve them. And so I I call them the five F's, the freeze, fight, flight, faint, or fawn syndrome syndromes. So, and I really want to point out the word baseline there. Right. And it's like, uh, when we, even there's a baseline for happiness, I'm sure you've seen that research. Right. And so even if someone went, if they're miserable, they win the lottery, they go back to being miserable, or if they're really happy and they end up in a wheelchair or something, you know, they, they go back to their baseline of happiness. And after a toxic relationship, we have to reset our baseline. Yes. We do. And usually as adults, toxic relationships happen because there's something we haven't dealt with from childhood that kind of sets us up to that. And that's, was kind of my story. So I grew up in extremely conservative religious group that controlled every aspect of life. It was, you know, owning who you were, your voice or speaking was just not safe. You know, if it was anything other than what was acceptable. And so I was taught to be controlled. And then at 15, my family left that group and I met a young man and, you know, was taught this whole thing of good girls grow up and get married and have babies. And so at age 19, I got married. Well, my partner came from three generations of alcoholism. And although he was not drinking at that time and swore he wasn't going to because of the impact he saw on it, what I realized later is he was taught to be the controller. You know, that's all he saw in his life. So we had this perfect storm of controlled and controller and you know, was no more his fault than my fault or anybody's fault. It's just was the way it was. But as an adult recognizing, I mean, I didn't had no idea what freeze fight flight thing. Uh-huh, yeah. Was. You didn't learn that. And you were learning Shakespeare. And right. that, but, yeah. These practical things we should right. be taught in school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
So what's interesting is I ran a mental health campaign for teens and one of it, one of the conversations I think we need to have with teens and young women in this situation, just like yours is we get used to taking orders from parents. So you're a teen girl. Everyone is nearly more powerful than you. Like your parents are more powerful than you. Teachers are more powerful than you. Coaches are more powerful for you. So it feels normal to have someone tell you what to do. Insert boyfriend. And it's like, whoa, your boyfriend shouldn't act like your parent. But at 16, how are you supposed to have the life experience to know Oh, this should feel completely different than a father, an angry father, you know? And that's where, you know, we would hope that healthy relationships among parents would role model that to kids in an ideal world. Mm -hmm. But, and and it's what has been my mission. I've been uh, divorced for 10 years and I made it my mission to role model to my kids different ways of doing things. They were 7, 11, and 14 Mm -hmm. when... um, I went through that, but now today teaching women how to spot the, those, those syndromes, um, it is so key to me. And can I share a couple examples? Sure. Sarah? Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here's a couple things like over helping people. I call it a helpaholic. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yes. I, yes. I yes, call yes. it unhook from overhelping. Yeah. Um, but the helpaholic, I might have to adopt that. Because- <laughs> I didn't even think come up with it. Like somebody said, I was in an executive leadership thing and this girl was like, I'm a helpaholic. And everybody was like, yes, you are. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't realize, of course, that that has roots in codependency, but that is the part of that fawn mm-hmm. trauma response. Yeah. So can you explain to them what fawn is? Yeah. Fawn is that syndrome when everyone else is more important than you. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like turning myself inside out to keep everyone else happy at my own expense. Which is really dangerous. Thank you for sharing your conservative background. That's especially dangerous for conservative religions. I've had, you know, Muslims, people from India, you know, I mean, all kinds of different, you know, conservative backgrounds. And that's very much been part of the culture too. It's like, oh no, you're a good girl. If you know, and in the uh, Bible, you know, like die to self or love others. Sacrifice love yourself. Yeah. But it's like sacrifice yourself. Well, because really the lesson is love everyone except for yourself. It's not love others as yourself. It's love everyone except for yourself. And if you're not doing what I want, you're not being loving. And the further message of that is if you are doing something to love yourself, you're being selfish and mean and, you know, and you're turning that around. That's definitely something that, that I had to work with. Mm -hmm. The other one that just haunted me so much is the freeze syndrome. And so I'm going to share a little parable that Wayne Dyer shared in one of his books. He's one of my favorite Mm -hmm. teachers, but he shared a, a parable of a woman who walked down a street every day, took the same street every day, but there's a big hole in that street. And so she walked down and she kept falling in the hole. And so at first it took her a long time to get up, get up out of it. And then pretty soon she got quicker at getting up out of it. Then one day she decided, oh, I can walk around the hole. Mm -hmm. So she saw the hole, but she walked around it. Mm 
And then one day she decided, oh, I can take a different street and avoid this hole altogether. And so that is what I teach women. And I use an acronym called Abu M because, you know, Abu was the monkey in the. Oh, from Aladdin. Aladdin, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So we've got Abu and then M for monkey is our way to remember it. But the A is when we have these things happen is awareness. Mm-hmm. So seeing that it's happening. So the, the lady finally saw that the hole was there and that there was a different path. Mm-hmm. And then B is be present with like mm-hmm. what is happening right here, right now. The U is understanding, seek understanding. And then the M is make a different choice. Mm-hmm. So when I was in my marriage, I would go through, I would, I mean, my voice would freeze, but I didn't understand that that's what was happening. I just couldn't share that. And even in the workplace, I worked in a highly male dominated workplace and I would just wouldn't be able to get the words out. And I would get so frustrated at myself, so angry at myself for, you know, why, you know, why didn't you say that? And then to fast forward on into some dating relationships. uh, And I saw that same thing wherein this person was like inviting me to, you know, welcoming what I had to say, but literally the words froze. And that was at the point in time when I, when I had a coach who told me what freeze syndrome was and how that affects our uh, parasympathetic nervous system and how being present and breathing can help with that. And so I went on and then was in another dating relationship, saw the same thing begin to happen. But now I'm like, oh, I know what's happening now. Now I can do something different. And then, you know, I learned new tools and strategies to implement to help me be prepared when those things happen or to help me think about, you know, what subjects are going to trigger that. And so at the same time of learning new tools and strategies, healing that trauma, and that's where the make a different choice comes in. And that's where I think that people like you, the work that you do, coaches, therapists, counselors are so impactful for helping us understand those new tools and strategies so we can make a different choice and have confident relationships where you you don't have to have your voice freeze anymore. So I'm confident today that I can go into any situation I need to and take care of myself and speak what I need to, but it was because of a long journey of applying the Abu M principle. So Yeah. So, and that's the way I say it is get past the past, get real about the present and get serious about the future and seeing the whole getting real about the present. Like there's a hole. like, I feel like, you know, it's always a joke that like awareness is the first step, but it really is. Cause we, it's like, well, why is there a hole? Why would God put a hole there? Why do I, why am I attracted to holes? You know, <laughs> you're just like, whoa, whoa, just, just go around the whole new, new street, new street. You know, we get into analysis paralysis, you know, That's right. that freeze process as well. And how do you get unfrozen in your voice? Yeah. So I think that's in that seek understanding. So for me, it was watching 
when it happened, and then looking at the situation and saying, okay, what, what happened in that moment? What was I feeling in the moment? What was I feeling in my body? And like, what did it trigger for me? And then going through that healing process of looking, okay, what, where's that coming from? What's the anchor to it? Because that's the result of something else. Mm -hmm. And then looking back at that anchor. And for me, a lot of those anchors were, you know, back in childhood where it wasn't safe to be seen or have a different opinion in in someone else. And when my opinion was going to differ most, that's when my voice would freeze. And so I had to go back and say, as a child, that was a safety mechanism for me. But as an adult, I'm no longer a victim and I have every right to share my opinion and I can choose to do that. And of course, in a respectful manner to the people around me. Well, and there's a phrase, I'm sure you've heard it, you know, what got you here won't get you there. Exactly. You know, and you probably needed that safety mechanism as a child, you know, but it was a survival skill, not a thriver skill. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So what are some tools? So you recognized it. Did you like practice speaking in the mirror? Did you practice? I went to a def- uh, self-defense class and I was shocked at how different it felt to no, no. I mean, I was shocked. I did a lot of self-work before that class. I, I did not think it was going to be that moving for me, uh, but it really was. Yeah. Well, I love that because mm-hmm. doing, doing something that's the make a different choice. Right. And so I began practicing in little areas of my life that making a different choice. So even with my kids, you you know, I realized, well, I sometimes still walked on eggshells with my kids when it came to expressing Mm -hmm. that different opinion. So it started there and being confident to do that. And then to say, okay, I can do that in this situation. Now I can do it in another situation. A lot of it for me was this healing work journey also of starting my business and being comfortable to be seen and heard on a broader level. Yeah. And, you know, there was the fear inside of me of, oh, what's my conservative sister going to say if she listens to this or what's, you know, so, and so it's, again, recognizing those things and working back to why is that still a fear for me? And some of that comes back to confidence and trust in myself. Mm -hmm. So that was big in just looking and breaking down the pieces of it. And then I had several good coaches who I'm trained in oneness NLP, which is a, a form of bringing your higher self in and helping to heal in a, in a quick way, those things that sit in our subconscious that we don't Mm -hmm. even really know sit there. Mm -hmm. So using some of that also working with a therapist for PTSD Mm -hmm. and went through EMDR was at one point was a super helpful Mm -hmm. in helping heal that. Mm -hmm. And I do want to point out something interesting you said, which is you didn't start with the biggest thing first. Right. And I think when people are like, you know, or it's like confidence in dating after, you know, after a toxic relationship, and it's like, you know, I don't feel confident in dating. And it's like, 
Well, don't start with like the biggest fish. Like you eat an elephant one bite at a time. So you build your confidence in where you can create small wins, small opportunities to use your voice, small steps in the right direction. And because, you know, it's like if we're dating, like the only way the date was a success is if he proposed and we lived happily ever after. You know, right. it's too much pressure we as women put on ourselves. So, right. We hold ourselves to a super high standard of expectation. And then uh, who set that standard? I don't know. It's some invisible measuring stick in our Mm -hmm. minds. And, and then, uh, you know, we're the first to beat ourselves up and criticize the harshest Mm -hmm. when we don't measure up to our own measuring stick. So yeah. Race. Giving up. Yeah. And uh, there was a, with an executive leadership piece that I did, there was a, they said women's report cards and like women's report cards has like perfect mother, perfect body, perfect job, perfect this, perfect house, perfect Christmas decorations, perfect home cooked meals. And guys had like, do I drive fast? Am I a better driver? You know, <laughs> Am I better? These only have like three things, right? Like work, um, driving and ability to like do some sport, And that was like the only thing on their report card. And women had these huge long report cards for themselves. Like, and every woman in there was like, yes, I have a report card, <laughs> you know, a subconscious oh. report card. Yeah. So it's about lightening up and not taking ourselves so seriously too. Mm-hmm. And letting, letting us be ourselves be human. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And in, even in this context, right? You yes. know, we joked kind of about trauma. We joked about toxic relationships just to, to make it light, you know. Uh, but but it is even even if you've been through abuse, even if you've had a controlling relationship, even if you married a narcissist, even if you know. I mean, I really want to be clear about we're talking about in the context of after a toxic relationship. Yes. And I think that you have a choice to let your experience of the past either, I mean, they either control you or they define you. So you can, you can allow them to can continue to control you, or you can say they define who I am today, but they don't determine who I am today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, even like my program is called Wondrous Woman. And it's not called toxic relationship survivors. It's not even called toxic relationship thrivers because then the the definition is you having been in a toxic relationship rather than you just being amazing. Exactly. You still keep the definition of yourself tied to that past. Yes. Yes. Which is no good for anyone. (laughs) No. That's why the core piece of the work I do is exploring the unlimited possibilities and potential that women are capable of when they connect to this inner spirit that we all have. And when we take care of that inner spirit and we, we heal and resolve the past, then the possibilities truly are unlimited. So what's one tip you have for helping people find as if, cause I hate when people say, Oh, what's one tip for becoming toxic person proof. It's like, okay, one really, are you kidding? You know, yeah. but uh, what is one tip you have for helping people find their unlimited potential or at least well, step in that direction? <laughs> yeah. It's going to sound again, cliche, but it, it's be the change that you want 
others to that you want to see in others. So don't expect the people around you to change if you're not willing to look inside Mm -hmm. and change first, because when, when you change the circumstances around you automatically have to change and respond differently. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd show up as a different version of yourself and, you know, I use the term lead by example, lead by example. Um, I was finishing up the book, high performance habits by Brendan Burchard. And he talked about when we learn to lead ourselves, if we know other people are watching this or other people are, you know, that it makes us like more accountable to it. If your husband needs to go on a diet and you're more likely to eat healthy because he's watching and you're trying to lead him by example versus if it was just you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. The the name of my business is called transcending limits because that's what I'm here to do is help people transcend their limits in whatever shape they show up. So, well, tell us where we can find more about you, Vicki. Yes. So you can find me on social media at Transcending Limits, or my website is tslimits.com. And I do have a group on Facebook called Women Breaking Free from Emotional and Verbal Abuse to Reclaim Their Lives. So any of those places that you can find me. Awesome. Thank you, Vicki. And thank you for helping us on our journey to become toxic person proof. Thank you for having me here, Sarah. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know that there was something that you can take away to help you get past the past, get real about the present, or get serious about your future. And if I did my job, then hopefully it will help you with all three. If you are not in my Facebook group, finding love and success after a toxic relationship, then consider this your personal invitation from me. I'm there live. There's tons of support and most importantly, tons more information to help you on your journey to become toxic person proof.